0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020 Campari American, New York, New York. Never compromise. Drink responsibly.
1: Welcome in to the RotoWire NFL podcast. John McKechnie, Mario Puig here. Mario, I can't tell you how glad I am to be out of my apartment. I've spent the last like two, maybe three days there. I don't know. Whenever you the lost these... track of time, <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I, it really kind of turned into the to Jack Nicholson in The Shining after a while. And I've
2: seen just... that uh, tweeted out. I i think like at least 10 times in the past uh not even 24 hours just like y- yesterday whenever i've like looked at twitter 10 a.m and then like by nighttime, yeah I'd, i didn't actually know i didn't recognize it from that i thought it was supposed to be like a white walker at first and then i realized like oh that that looks more like 80s film or something oh, yeah
1: with, with the deep freeze yeah and then uh you know jack nicholson just like throwing a tennis ball against the wall for hours on end and writing the no work I swear work I watched no that play.
2: movie I just didn't remember that particular
1: still and uh, uh, okay. now I do now I get it I won't I won't I won't be like who's that again well what all did you do I mean did, did you get out at all during this I mean it, for for context not yesterday it was minus 24 degrees up here
2: yeah it was um I think it was closer to like like negative 30 even uh, at least in the morning yesterday yeah uh, but yeah I went outside for a little bit when it was probably like negative 20 and uh, by a little bit I mean Like forty-five seconds, something like that, because it was. You go out there and be like, "Hey, I'm not dead," but then you like breathe a little bit, and you can feel like the air like crystallizing your like throat or something, and you're like, "Oh, I don't have much time," and then you kind of understand how how it all works. But yeah, it sucks. I mean, it's not great. I don't like it when it's literally colder here than either of the poles. but I guess that's just what 2019 has for us, and I uh, can't wait to see how it improves
1: because yeah, it it uh it most certainly will but uh all right let's uh let's shift some gears here let's get into uh the meat of our podcast we got the weather uh,
2: report is over uh unfortunately our, our
1: separate weather podcast will be uh, posted at a different date um, but uh, this is the p s coming up it, Precisely, precisely. So obviously the Super Bowl is this weekend, but what I think everyone in our listenership has heard and talked enough about that so far so nothing we're going to add there but so uh, some news and notes just really one main item uh, from from Thursday afternoon at least it looked like uh, Kellen Moore uh, got the promotion from the Dallas Cowboys moving up to the offensive coordinator position that's a position that uh, had been open uh, for a little bit now since the Cowboys bowed out of the playoffs seems like a guy uh, it's an in-house move they seem to be pretty bullish on this guy for, for them to give him a coaching position first off like that shortly after his NFL uh, career ended so obviously they, they're kind of placing their bets behind him as like their next McVeigh or something almost
2: yeah that might be what Jerry hopes will happen I think well, it's course, more like he's grooming yeah. his next Jason Garrett because he's I think he's following the same he, he had like a brain genius moment and like you know not a, just a light bulb but a galaxy galactic light uh, infusion and he thought like wait a second Jason Garrett smart good college quarterback backup NFL
1: for my for my Dallas Cowboys. Right?
2: Yeah, and then Kellen Moore is like, "Wow, Boise State. I don't know where that is. I hope it's a good school." Kellen seems smart enough, and he too is a bad NFL quarterback. And it's, it, I think he thought, kind of like, if I get a guy young enough, and and kind of like get him. Uh, beholden to me basically and, and like give him enough treats so that he's sincerely grateful for like the you know the opportunity that's in front of him but it's like doing a deal with satan or something because right. jerry's not gonna let you have the job for real and i don't think more gets that job offered to him and maybe he didn't understand what the winks and you know the the, the slight hints and uh, <clears throat> uh, meant when Jerry was explaining the job to him but it's not going to be his job to run the offense Jerry Jones will give him parameters or Jason Garrett parameters and then Garrett will tell him what he's allowed to do and because Kellen Moore's like uh, 30 or whatever he probably was like yeah sure sounds good I'd, uh, I wouldn't be able to be a quarterback coach on any other team I'll gladly be your offensive coordinator even if it's a ceremonial title
1: yeah 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 that's kind of
2: but it could be a good apprentice program for him. I mean it 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 really might be worth it to him, but I don't think uh he would be smart to figure that Jerry Jones is actually gonna let him run anything. That's just not how Jerry Jones works. And uh they they and I think you can see that in in the Scott, the way L- the Lineahan offense worked was nothing like the way the Linehan prior offenses worked. Like he was the guy running the Detroit offense when they threw like seven hundred and twenty passes with Stafford a few years ago, and then they go into like a nineteen nineties Dallas uh like dave want or not that uh sorry who's campo? uh campo was another he was like a defensive backs coach oh, Why don't, oh norv yeah norv turner Classic. um yeah 90s norv uh is what the offense jerry wants and and jason garrett too he gave up his past tendencies like he was he was more like air it out back in 2007 went to you know i formation double tight end big offensive line fixation so i think that's the the set that jerry has for his parameters he wants to recreate the 90s dynasty and i think Moore is basically gonna have to work within those parameters i don't think
1: that offense changes really so look look for them to get heavy into the tight end scene for this draft then maybe
2: maybe i I guess like i mean it's it they to be fair ran plenty of three receiver this year but um yeah i don't expect it to be like some kind of McVeigh Payton show or anything like that. It's going to yeah. be like, it's still going to be the Zeke offense and uh, they'll, you know they're, they're excited about it. cooper of course but they're not going to go mike, Mart, mike martz on the whole thing
1: yeah that would be that would be quite a change in, in, in and even those boise offenses it's, it's
2: like those boise offenses kind of looked like spread offenses and they put up big points but they weren't like max temp or they had pretty good tempo but they were not uh, it was kind of like the baylor thing where it's like they put up 40 points and you assume they're throwing the ball because kellen moore has five touchdowns but he's doing it on like 22 pass attempts every exactly. time
1: yeah just ruthless efficiency and a ton of the ton of the yardage going uh on the ground as well there
2: but yeah, so he I don't think he'll hurt anything, but I don't think it changes really anything.
1: Okay, fair enough. So just more classic uh, Cowboys, only the Cowboys would do this type of thing, type of... Uh, Jerry's whatever. a very
2: cool, special guy.
1: Extremely. All right, so Mario, this week, in light of the Senior Bowl uh, finishing up, uh, you posted an updated uh, top 65 of your uh, Dynasty prospects for this year's uh, upcoming draft. Uh, tier 1, uh, most, or it's all receivers, yep. and I think rightfully so, with D.K. Metcalf out of Ole Miss leading the way, followed by Hollywood Brown and Keel Harry and A.J. Brown, and that's that's Tier 1. Tier 2, we get into the running backs, and that's where I want to kind of start our okay. discussion today. Um, so they're kind of jam- log-jammed in there between Josh Jacobs, a guy that uh, has really, really risen up uh, mock draft boards. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. him more specifically here in a second. Then followed up by his teammate, Damian Harris, and then Darrell. Henderson out of Memphis so starting off with Jacobs do you get the sudden top 10 hype out of nowhere for a guy that has like Uh, less than 250 carries in his career I think it's preposterous I think he's
2: I I I can't tell when stuff like this are there but I mean
1: come on right and like we
2: don't even really know if the tools are there like there's he looks he looks pretty athletic and he made a bunch of big plays but it's like that's just eyeball test i mean you can you can watch tape of like chris ivory and be like whoa that guy's pretty freaking fast look at him go and it's and it's mostly because he's just getting like six carries a game and goes like 150 percent uh you know running with his hair on fire kind of kind of player uh not to say that jacobs is at all like that it's just an example of like it, sometimes your eyes just deceive you a little bit sure. and it's one thing to kind of be optimistic for his chances of testing really well but we can't just assume a guy is fast because his legs move quickly on tape and stuff like that it's 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 just not easy and to vice guess
1: versa you know a guy that doesn't look like he's moving fast but he's eating up a ton of space right it's like
2: people watch david johnson at northern iowa and they're like oh he's too stiff for the nfl and it's like no it's just when someone's 230 pounds and like that you know well built at running back or, or like derrick henry even better example probably oh, yeah. like people watch i had all these people tell me like derrick Henry's slow and it's like i don't know he's not like f- he's not you know super fast he's not reggie bush but to say he's slow is just kind of a bad misunderstanding and yet you couldn't get it through to these people they're just like no i saw him he's slow and then it's like okay well uh, of course the, those people aren't talking as much now because it's like then you get you get the play where he actually has room to run and you think even as he's running like wow he looks kind of slow Those guys aren't catching him, but he looks kind of slow. Like, well, which do you think is the the noise and the signal here? Like, your eyes or the fact that no one caught him? Yeah. yeah. And so I don't, I don't know. I'm going a bit on a tangent here, but Jacobs would need to test as like a top five percent, or sorry, ninety fifth percentile athlete. To justify even like a top fifteen pick, in my opinion, and and certainly not, I think I saw Daniel Jeremiah project him as a top five, five or something yeah. like that. It's like, no, I think I, th- I don't even think he believes I that.
1: Think, I think that was mostly like to, to please retweet shake the, this, shake, shake get mad and read
2: yeah, get mad and retweet my articles, please.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then you know, yesterday I think there was another mainstream draft that had like four quarterbacks going in the top ten. So I mean, it, at this stage of the game, it, it is to shake Eight up clicks. a little bit of interest in, in it and especially in a year where like we might be a little bit starved of like the star offensive player outside of the quarterbacks um, and even then there's like really only two in my, I think we in like
2: yeah we like Haskins and Murray we, quite a bit we do yeah. we do
1: but it's still a lighter quarterback class obviously than, than what we had last year and people are going to try to make it into something similar to last year where it's like oh we got to have four in the top ten
2: yeah and uh, I, I don't know where I think that's going I, can, I believe that stuff about Elway falling in love with Locke that sounds like a total Elway thing to do and I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that I don't buy the Jones hype, Daniel Jones and uh, t- to quickly get to I'll address I guess the, the tier two thing really quickly and then we can kind of go toward like the senior your bull kind of quarterbacks real quick, sure. but uh yeah, I think that Jacobs and Harris and Henderson, Daryl Henderson, are on basically the same plane to me. I only really listed them in that descending order because that's the projected order that they're drafted right now, and it's yeah. like I have to break the tie somehow. Uh, so I. I can imagine myself uh you know if you give me 10 minutes and tell me to like come up with a case for Henderson over Jacobs and Harris I could convince myself actually that that he should be and if he if things at the combine turn a certain way I won't hesitate to move Henderson even into tier one so it's like putting him ahead of Jacobs and Harris is not a big deal at all to me but yeah I I don't think the Jacobs first round stuff is that sound I don't think a running back is going to go in the first or if they do it'll be kind of like maybe they the team that takes him is trading back to take them or uh just kind of a like a barely sneaking in so kind of like thing.
1: you know like say that this or you know put the Saquon one thing in a separate category from last year but like say a situation where like the seahawks were picking around pick like 19 last year trade back to like 26 and get a rashad penny
2: yeah 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 that because yeah that's a that's a really good way to Uh, analogy for how that could go down because yeah it's like they justify the reach by well we got more picks yeah so and and there's something to that justification in that yes yeah yeah, totally so um that's that's my tier two and uh those are the top three running backs for me I think it's tier four next where I put Rodney Anderson as the next running back and then tier five I've got uh Holyfield and Singletary and then that's where the real drop-off happens for me and I always have to mention it's like pretty much everybody else thinks David Montgomery belongs in that tier two or and certainly you know among the top five running backs and I just don't see it and I gotta point out a lot of those same people like Benny Snell a lot and I'm a Uh little bit unsure of how good Montgomery might be but I have no doubt that Snell is just not an NFL starter no so I that's kind of I would I would look into that uh, if that correlation is is occurring with anyone and, and kind of I would kind of doubt their judgment on it. It's it's kind of like the Montgomery thing also. It's the 82nd in scoring, I think, and then like 94th in yards per game was the Iowa State offense. So it's like how do we have people ranking Dave –
1: was that in the big 12 of all right? Places.
2: yeah and it, it's out of 130 teams so it's like below average in the yardage sense and i know they weren't a max tempo offense at iowa state but we got people listing david montgomery as 1.01 and then like hakeem butler at 1.05 and stuff like that It's like, how do you reconcile p- two players being supposedly that good and then the offense being that mediocre they I don't understand I mean,
1: that. they're they they turn to this pivot where they just argue that uh, you and i were offensive line offensive line that's, that's all i say
2: yeah, yeah. Uh I mean I could I could be wrong. It's it's I've been wrong about a lot of things. I don't think I'm wrong about this though. I think both of those guys are mid rounds. Uh I think it's late rounds for Montgomery and like fourth, fifth for for Butler, but anyway, that's that's kind of how I see things shaking up and and guys that I'm higher on than other people are probably I guess Kyler Murray, I got him at 8 in the tier 2 category and it's one of those things I don't think he even needs to be a good NFL quarterback yeah, to be really can, useful in fantasy. Run, yeah. and, but I do think he'll be a good NFL quarterback, so I'm, I'm pretty optimistic for him. I think uh, the teams are desperate enough in the top 10, and particularly the Giants and Jaguars, I think would have a really difficult time justifying passing on him. Uh, I think H- Haskins and him are going to those two teams or unless someone trades ahead of them. I can see, I can see John Elway passing on Murray for Drew Lock, and I think, in fact, he would. But I, I'm, I have the faith that uh, if the Jags or the Giants don't take Murray, and then I think it's because one of them traded back and are getting him at like twelve or fifteen or something like that. Uh, but love his projection. Emmanuel Hall is the only receiver I have in tier two, and he's a guy who skipped the Senior Bowl for an injury reason. He was invited though so uh he's he's a guy i think people are overlooking i'm really fixating on the mike wallace comparison their narratives around them remind me of each other so much and uh he he might not have like four three three speed but i'd be shocked if he ran worse than a four four flat that kind of thing and i think he can do at
1: that at that size too yeah i think he's
2: i think he'll only be like a mid or high six two but he's still, still good. yeah he, he he doesn't have like the Hakeem Butler issue that any six foot six person would where their stride becomes cumbersome at a certain point uh, he he runs like a guy who's not as tall and lanky as he is and I think people see hall listed at six three they hear that he's a burner they look at it averaging like two, uh, 22 yards a catch and they just think consecutive seasons too right and they think like oh just straight line guy and if you watch the tape he he breaks down and executes uh, other routes totally fine he's not just a fly route guy i don't know what the explanation is because Locke isn't so bad that it explains how he was so one-dimensional i think it's the scheme's uh, usage of them that dictated that but anyway we'll find out more in the combine and then tier three is just calvin Harmon and andy isabella but uh yeah i guess isabella is a good point to circle back toward the senior bowl really quickly because it wasn't just drew Locke that we've seen projected in the top 10 i've seen daniel jones projected in like i feel like i saw a top five. I think it might have been jeremiah again uh but i don't i don't remember for sure so i don't i don't mean to pin that on him exactly but daniel jones finished 8 of 11 for 115 yards and a and touchdown he won the mvp yeah so i can imagine the press hype still persisting with him i still firmly believe it's not going anywhere it's like i i'm not falling for ryan naseeb again okay yeah (laughs) i fell for it once i'm very irritated about it even now so i'm not doing that again uh daniel jones is is not it uh tyree jackson i think will go ahead of him he was he had a good game on the other side uh, for the south team uh he had that long pass to garry uh Gary Jennings, Jennings. I'm always so afraid of saying Greg, and I I don't know which it's like i convinced myself it's like no it's the other one this time uh so gary uh jennings had that long catch that was pretty nice and he had a touchdown and another long catch i think i think that was all in the same
1: drive too actually
2: so yeah uh tyree showed the the, the, like the ryan mallet arm and we'll see how teams assess that wind up that you mentioned is concerning and uh i I thought at least like his stand like his his presence in the pocket and his his kind of just field vision and accuracy were pretty good but yeah even mallet had his his really big numbers at arkansas saw and it, it didn't I really help for, i fell for ryan mallet i fell for it too time. i think i th- I can imagine mallet having been a, a conventionally useful quarterback in like the 80s or 90s though i think uh yeah because a guy like Testa Verde wouldn't make it today either you Probably know not. so yeah it's, i think it's tyree is at risk of being kind of like a throwback quarterback not suited to the to the modern game but we'll see i i, mean, I would I, I would much rather draft him than daniel jones who i feel like is just kind of like some backup i don't know yeah
1: yeah jones jones and and uh, with jones you and i i think are, are pretty much in lockstep where jones just really i don't really get it like him uh, and clayton thorson are the same like. thing he pretty looks much like an nfl quarterback but he doesn't really play like one i just don't really understand it there but uh, going back to your tier three and, and namely andy isabella this time last week we were talking about isabella may not like Tanking his stock or anything with with senior bowl practices, but not looking as good as maybe some people were expecting. I think a lot of people were circling him as like their their sleeper of the week. uh, You know, small school guy uh, that comes in and dominates the senior bowl practice. It didn't really happen that way. But once we got you know we got the pads on in the game, he looked awesome again.
2: Yeah, seven catches for seventy four yards and a touchdown. Also had a fourteen yard carry, and he showed you you know the speed is real and. I think you can rationalize being very optimistic for him even if he's raw right now because it's like that that really matters when you have that kind of speed and quickness to cover up for your deficiencies because you're not always going to play perfect and it's nice to have that speed and quickness uh setting your floor pretty high yeah and there's every reason to think he can improve I mean it's not like he's been the slot guy for Massachusetts the past four years and he just never got better as a route runner it's like he was their outside number one guy and he should be fine in that capacity in the NFL that the whole slot question was just like it'll be easier to get you to the ball there so it would be nice if you were good at it and just because he's raw now doesn't mean he won't improve and like you said uh, when the game got real he found ways to make it happen and that's what he did all through college so if he runs a 435 or something like that i i had i had put him back in more like the third to fourth range after hearing those practice reports but if he runs a 435 i'd i'd really at this point I think I'm comfortable with him in the top forty in that case. Yeah, I
1: think I think mid to late round two it would, would be.
2: Yeah, second round I think is point. where he goes right now. So he he was he was probably the real MVP of that game, and I think everyone is is back on if they are, if they were dissuaded at all yeah. by the concerning practice reports, and I'm included. I uh, I didn't mean to overreact to it, but it was nice to see uh, him just outplay everybody like that. It, it wasn't like one of those you know all star games where it's just like. Isaiah Pete had a big game kind of thing on a couple long runs like seven catches means like they're they know about him going in and they just can't really cover him mm-hmm. so if he if he's raw right now then that's okay because if he can improve he could be really good in that case and he's in tier three which uh was just kelvin Harmon is the other guy he's an underclassman totally different kind of receiver uh just an outside guy but so, yeah that's yeah, that's, uh, that's how my top 12
1: is basically looking it's like Harmon, isabella those running backs murray hall so what is it about Harmon that, that you like i know he's a, he's kind of a a length, he kind of reminded me a little bit of like a poor man's ag green in terms of like his, his like kind of acrobatic body control along the sidelines and in the end zone but like i don't really remember seeing him like run away from people so i don't know what he's going to be able to do as far as his like his speed testing goes well his
2: production is pretty convincing i think if you have concerns with him it might be about whether he's kind of limited to the outside like because we know he's good on the outside The the acrobatic ability you mentioned is there the speed even if it's not like stand out exactly it should be good enough and i think it's probably safely above average like i'd be surprised i'd be like pretty disapp-
1: four fives or something if
2: he ran worse than like a four five three that would be pretty disappointing to me not okay. that i expect him to run like a four four flat but it could happen weirder He's not things that
1: kind of player i don't think either yeah it's, it's
2: just like some guys just are are they time faster than they look on the field like some guys don't run as fast on a field as they do in track because there's Ryan the thing he
1: probably couldn't couldn't throw it more than 20 25 yards yeah
2: it's uh, he was he was a very effective downfield receiver on a per target basis both in catch rate and per target yardage and yeah I don't think that highly of Finley. So uh as an underclassman especially I think Carmen's pretty uh promising but not there's nothing obvious in his profile that would have him in the first round. But if he if he runs like a four four flat I think you'll have a good case for moving him into that sort of top 5 with those other receivers.
1: Yeah, I think we we run into a bit of a scenario where, you know, I, I do find that that Matt and Hollywood Brown are like those clear top 2, but when you look at Harry AJ Brown and then uh down a little bit further to to Calvin Harmon, I think that the the long speed concerns are there for probably all of those guys so maybe it does kind of become one of those things where where they're 40 times uh become a little bit of a tiebreaker
2: yeah and i i actually do have metcalf brown harry and brown on basically the same plane it's like i i have my limited concerns and and my like emphatic uh you know positives for each of them and it's just that none of them is obviously complete i think metcalf is the closest but then even he has you know the the incomplete profile where you have to take the leap of faith i'm totally willing to do it sure but you have that's it does take a leap of faith objectively to to put him in the same categories guys like the browns and then harry because those were those three were super super productive and uh like utterly dominant but yeah harry's harry's just i think kind of projects as keenan allen or something like that if he has his good case scenario because he just doesn't look that fast i had michael
1: thomas for him that's totally good too
2: yeah i mean he's he's the kind of guy who's big and has or he would be big by like slot standards at least and i think he plays well in the slot because um i don't know how to speak on the route running specifically but the ball skills are crazy yeah, and it's the kind really of nuts. yeah for harry he, he that keenan allen kind of did that same stuff too where you watch him and it's like well he's not that fast and it's in allen's case he is a very very good route runner and he's it's like his basketball background he almost does like point guard stuff like he, no look route running kind of stuff just like head fakes that throw people off and then yeah. he's he's got like the short space just like spatial intelligence to just kind of be able to remember without thinking about it like this guy's here this guy's here his hands closing in like this i have this much room to catch it i have to turn this way and like people like us would need like 15 minutes to sort it out but he he just goes on the field and it's instinctive to him and i think harry shows some of that and certainly the ball skills it's like when the ball's in the air he gets it yep it just doesn't happen any other way so he's pretty interesting for that reason and even though none of them project as like a wide receiver one you know prototype like mike evans or whatever i still think all of them could be basically like all pro types if the testing turns out a certain way and that's what we're waiting on basically but um yeah speaking of that i guess tier four is where i have rodney anderson and me cole hardman and preston williams who by the way won't be at the combine because i I probably have to lower him actually in light of that I, i i thought for some reason he was kicked out of tennessee for some other thing but it turns out it was kind of like a domestic violence thing nothing like joe mixon uh but a similar class of asset now because he's super talented guy uh but the the character thing is a serious concern because he was accused of i guess like pushing a girlfriend who was trying to like leave the apartment that he was at or something like that so it's it's a concern and i probably got to put him in tier five or six now behind debo who debo samuel who had a big game or a big week of practice anyway at the senior bowl i think the senior bowl like official commentary feed uh, called him the best receiver over penny Hart over Isabella uh don't think it did anything in the game and I don't think I have him as I have him ahead of Penny Hart but not anywhere near Isabella because Debo's gonna be like 24 at the end of his rookie season and he doesn't look fast so I think I think he's a crafty guy and crafty guys are useful but uh Isabella can burn uh Paris Campbell can burn got him ahead too so that's kind of why I have Debo back there, despite all the hype he's gotten. But uh, Tier 4, I guess, is like a boomer bust area for me where we have the incomplete guys like Rodney Anderson for injuries, Mikel Hardman for just kind of weird circumstances. But I love both of their upsides. And if, if they test a certain way, I, th- I think it makes sense to put them in the first round just for the upside chasing in a flat class.
1: Yeah, no, I I think, uh, yeah, when it comes to Hardman, I mean, I'm a guy that's been uh, really sold on him, I'd say, since about midway through his sophomore year, so that his first year playing receiver. That Tony
2: Brown touchdown against Alabama, it was just like, oh, that's fast. Yeah, yeah. Brown ran a 4-3-5 at the Combine. And
1: he dusted him.
2: Dusted him, yeah. So I I feel like people are at least underestimating Hardman's athleticism cuz you, you read these things people are like 6th 7th round like, what are you talking about he's going to
1: he's the gonna... number one rated athlete in his class like they yeah. just didn't know where to put him yet so like I'd put him ahead smart, of Smart just put him at cornerback to start
2: there's a really good analogy to make or comparison to make I think with uh Malcolm Mitchell and I think I would I would take Hardman over Mitchell and that's that's I'd Mitchell as a prospect And the knee factored into it. But even if there weren't the knees, it's like, I just think Hardman looks a lot like Percy Harvin or something like that. And uh, because he's like ferocious when he has the ball, or at all when he doesn't have the ball, too, he's he's 110% motor with a guy who might run below a 4.35 so and he, I'm willing to buy that he tracks
1: he tracks the ball pretty naturally oh, yeah. like when Fromm would get it out to him deep like you know for a guy that again is still scratching the surface of his potential and mastery of the wide receiver position he looks like a natural out there
2: yeah totally and uh he mostly played in the slot and maybe he's going to be a bit uh raw with his route running but it's like at least he got some of those reps that Isabella did not and uh hopefully that can get him uh on the field a little sooner than people are assuming but i like hardman to be a top 75 pick and i i don't want to rule out the top 40 even because if he murders the combine teams are going to look at him and be like teams are going to look at him and be like oh right that's that kid that i was excited about you know four years ago and looks pretty good here too and and and, uh i don't think the georgia coaches or anything are going to have anything but positive things to say about him so yeah i love hardman's upside even though he's a bit overlooked and Anderson and anderson at running back preston williams at receiver are kind of similar things too because williams was a five-star guy at tennessee looks a lot like i don't want to say this as a comparison to randy moss and the way that people will tend to take it anytime you say something like this but he looks like randy moss when he's running it's he just runs like the wind and he's six foot four uh was pretty productive uh certainly in volume wasn't super efficient but i, I mean i think Preston Williams. At his pro day or whatever, is probably going to run below a four four, and he's probably going to just look amazing in drills. Yep. So, <laughs> big wide range of outcomes. It's it's hard to tell a Josh Gordon apart from a Derek Rogers, but I think that's the category of prospect that he is.
1: Okay. All right. So, yeah, Preston Williams, interesting case. But again, uh, with the off-field stuff, we'll have to see how it's, that It's all... a pending grade, yeah. Exactly. But on on-field on stuff, like you said, he, he is a top 15 uh, dynasty-type player uh, for this year's class. Any other big movers, movers one way or the other uh, from your last uh, rankings?
2: It was pretty much Penny Hart. I mean, I think I, I think I left him at like fifty-five or something like that, or I might have forgotten him in the top fifty-five or whatever it was that I posted a few weeks ago. But I moved him up to thirty-one. I know he's limited as a 5'8", 180 guy, but I'm just willing to believe in an NFL where there are more slot receiver snaps, like every year, up for grabs. There should be some room for him to do something. I certainly like him better than a player like Jakeem Grant, who I think was a sixth round pick. I like Hart's chances of being like a fifth rounder and uh I don't know. We'll we'll see about the testing. If he runs like a four five five, then it's kind of tough again. But he looks so applicably athletic at least. Like he's very springy, uh move, covers ground really fast, uh gets separation from people, so based on that I I'm willing to buy in but yeah that is definitely pending the workout and I did have to pretty much remove Jalen Smith from the rankings like not totally but down to 42 and I still believe him believe in him as a prospect but he's not generating any buzz at all and if you don't get the opportunity in the nfl it doesn't really matter and it's it's not even really that useful to dynasty league owners even if a guy goes like practice squad route for three years and then becomes good it's like usually you've just given up by then and someone else takes your draft pick and benefits from it so yeah i can't in good conscience advise trying to acquire jalen smith right now maybe in two years though
1: okay yeah i don't yeah i don't i'm just I'm flummoxed by it like I don't really understand what happened like he was just don't think it suits him him in that kind of Jackson era
2: yeah I just don't think it suits him in that kind of practice setting with one-on-ones because he's not he's not like a burner uh his hands are not great um but he he looked really good in the Louisville offense he got slot snaps outside snaps all the same and he and this is important to me he outproduced uh Jamari Staples and James Quick at about two years younger than each one and both of them got invited to the combine neither was drafted i think they they're probably both like off of practice squads even at this point but if he if he's better than them Then I feel at least confident that he's worth like a fifth round pick, but it's like I can't even guarantee that he'll get drafted at this point. Yeah,
1: it's it's tough to tough to see him getting drafted at this point, but but again, you know things could change over the course of the next uh, couple of months. And then one other guy that I I two other guys I wanted to uh, circle back with you on first or the first of them uh, is in that tier three uh, with Paris Campbell, a guy that you mentioned, uh, a bit of a burner um during during his time at at ohio state uh it was insane uh catch rate this year 90 catches on like 112 targets uh so huge uh breakout season uh for him this past season but what about him puts him above uh, you know a lot of these other guys
2: that's me kind of trying to project opportunity i think if it was my personal rank i know if it was my personal rankings i wouldn't have him ahead of guys like hardman or uh or Preston williams or sega Whiteside even but it's one of those things he was super productive he, he was arguably the best uh, non-quarterback on an ohio state offense that was just you know unstoppable yeah, as it machine. always is or one of the best ohio state offenses in years actually um so he has that going for him and he's probably going to run a 435 or something like that okay. and that doesn't assure that doesn't guarantee anything but tr- traditionally those kinds of profiles go in like the mid-second or mid-third at worst and uh If he has that going for him he might get the opportunity even guys that i don't like as prospects i'm willing to acknowledge there's there's some objective percentage chance where they still are good anyway so it's like if you have the opportunity accounted for you can justify taking a guy you don't like as much just in case you're wrong um but yeah you don't want to be wrong about both the playing time and the prospect and even if you're right about the prospect if you're wrong about the playing time it might not matter at all exactly so yeah there's there's that and uh i'm i'm personally a bit skeptical of him because he mostly played in the slot kind of had simple drag routes all yes. the time where you just catch it and be fast and no one could do anything about it with how spread open that the offense was so maybe that translates maybe it doesn't but I don't think he's like a Curtis Samuel prospect
1: no no he, he but they did play like similar roles there so like I, def, I, th- I think that's a good like reference point to use there
2: yeah and Sam, Samuel was a little faster and a better route runner for sure in my opinion
1: and Samuel like still like kind of had to come into his own because I think he came to Ohio State as a running back
2: yeah he did and um he he did this a much younger I got to say Curtis Samuel did uh Campbell along with Terry McLaurin they were both redshirt seniors and I couldn't find dates of birth for either one but usually that's like 22 at the very best and more often 23 24 so if you're fast and and you're very productive that's great but if it took you getting 23 years old before you really broke out sometimes that's a bad indicator of the skill projection for
1: sure and that that I guess what was the case for both of them and then I I guess the one thing you could say uh for it not being entirely their fault that they didn't put up huge production was the the ohio state passing game extremely limited uh the last crowded field 16 and 17 with with, uh with jt barrett dwayne Haskins changed a lot of things that yeah
2: yeah totally and and also there's always a ton of talent at ohio state so they both mclaurin who by the way had great reviews at practice all week also and should also test very well uh him and campbell have plenty going for them despite like my age concerns with them but uh yeah, for whatever it's worth that top sixty five there's no paywall in this one. we're We're mostly going no paywall on the dynasty rookie stuff because, mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't a big secret, but the rest of the site is where uh, you know where it's really worth paying for. But we're hoping to hook some new people in because the dynasty stuff does show up in the the NFL stuff behind the paywall in the form of you know our our, our ability to project prospects once they're in the NFL, and I, I think we're as good as anybody at that. So uh, the top sixty five will look nothing like the top sixty five after the combine. But if if you're looking for some kind of uh, shape up shaping up of the class to to have in mind i I, I feel pretty good about these rankings
1: yep so please go ahead and check that out we also have a free trial on the website for for you to check out it gets you a free 10 days you don't have to put down your credit card so no strings attached on that but that'll wrap things up uh for today's edition of the RotoWire nfl podcast we'll be back again next week discussing more uh prospects as we get closer and closer to the combine have a great week everybody